Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. OMGZ, welcome to the Arrow After Show. It is the season finale of season five. It's episode 20, relying on Lex, three, Lee and you. Let's go. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Please look on the bright side of life. Wow. We got a team of whistlers here in the house. Welcome, welcome to the Arrow After Show. As we mentioned, it is the season finale. Simpsons tears are dropping. But we are so glad to have you here. So please join us, host with us as always. Hashtag ABTV Arrow and join the chat. I'm your host, Ali Kona Bradford. Be sure to follow me at Poison Beauty 01 or yours truly, Ali Kona, on Instagram. But let's talk to the rest of the hosts, shall we? I am Lex Michael. I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael, and we will all remember where we were the night that Arrow killed off its entire supporting cast in one fell swoop. I'm holding it together just for you guys. I'm Lucretia Lyon at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I am laughing my ass off because this is the baldiest thing I've seen since the season finale of Z Nation Season 1. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me all over the social medias at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. All right, so let's get into it right away. The first thing I want to talk about is, hello, Manu. Hi, Slade. You look dashing and you have your marbles now. I was excited. There was, I was, of course, I was so, so very happy to see Manu Bennett back as Slade. There were moments in this episode, and I'm wondering if you guys felt the same thing. Every time that he was in the suit where we didn't see his face, I had a moment of, was, really yeah, was Manu Bennett there that day? I had to go with no. I legit, I was pretty sure. It's like, nah, that's a stunt double and a voiceover. And it's mostly mm. because of the way... And again, maybe we'll see on social media, no, it was Manu the whole time. And I'd be like, okay, then I'm dumb, I guess. But, like, jury's out on that regardless. But uh, the way he was moving in the suit felt very, like, I'm not not used to moving around in this. I'm wearing a suit and have extremely low visibility. (laughs) I will never remove the mask to have a conversation (laughs) face-to-face with you. Even if I can't see. To be fair, though, he's... You're welcome. What, like he pulls off his eye patch and suddenly his whole face changes. Plus five disguise. He's been in the cell for uh, years now, a, a year and a half at three? least. Oh, uh, except for that one time where he got out and stretched his legs for a while. Well, I was going to say that was season. That was season three or four. Was it? I don't remember now, but but point well, being, let him out. it's yeah. been at least a year since he's been out of his little box. So you right. could you could Sorry. imagine that maybe he has missed a step slightly, and he needs to readjust to his suit. Maybe, yeah. but I do like the touch of the fact that he remembered everything that happened. But he's like, "Yo, like I'm back to normal, and I'm sorry, my bad. I did kill your mom. Why do you trust me? You know?" And, and at least Oliver was like, "Well, maybe it was fate." 
I'm like, what kind of fate? So you killed my family, but it's cool. I kept you alive because I knew one day you would be useful to me. Well, Moira wasn't the best person. And he's like, well, Yikes. yeah, like, all right, Slade. You just killed my mom, like, in front of me and my sister. But, you know, I can see where you were going, buddy. Like, she did some bad stuff. And, you know, like, Slade was also cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs at the time. <laughs> right. Like, we saw the effects of Mirakuru on Roy on like mm-hmm. we got a front row seat to oh yeah people go violently insane when they're on this stuff so the insanity defense is a thing for a reason I'm not saying hey it's fine whatever but I'm saying yeah he was not he was chemically imbalanced and we we addressed it head on immediately one of the first things that they yeah. talk about is well you know the miracle has been out of my system for a long time I'm I'm all right I'm on the level and I appreciate where in a world where this dude did kill Oliver's mom and he's coming to him for help, I appreciate his point of view being okay. This would not be Plan A if it was up to me. This is not what I would be doing today. But since it's what I'm doing today, make me not an idiot for coming to you. Yeah, and I liked his conversation with Thea about that because you know initially she sees Slade, you know, killed her. Everybody hates Slade yeah. in this episode, and, and it's just it's like great to yeah. see. It's <laughs> just great, <laughs> and because he's done some messed up stuff, but so is everybody else here. And you're like, well, you know what? This is not what I wanted to do, but let's face it, he's not on drugs anymore. Seems all right. And he was. He's sobered up. He's cleaned up. He's got a sponsor. Unfortunately, that sponsor probably died in the explosion because we sure did knock out that Argus Garden and leave him there. So uh, I'm pretty sure everyone who was unconscious or in a cage is no longer with us. But that immediately, like, that that prison on Lian Yu has got to be crazy reinforced, right? Oh, that's that, a good point. Now I'm going like right right up right up the top of the episode we're doing predictions, mm-hmm. but I'm going like yeah. there's in a world where we joke, but there's almost no way that this show killed its entire supporting cast in one no. fell swoop at the end of this episode. That'd be a great place to avoid the entire island blowing up, I would think. We did see some of the rocks falling off of the cliff faces though. So, unless that prison is way hey, the hell underground, you get trapped, you're not coming out for a long time. So they would have to be extremely fortunate not to be, not to have an explosion right over the prison, not to have an explosion close enough to the prison to destroy it, uh, not to be completely buried alive or buried in when everything went shut down, and not to suffocate or starve or suffer damage in the explosion. Like, ye- <laughs> That's a lot of natural 20s to roll in a row. Right, even if you survive the initial explosion, there's about 30 different things that could happen to you on day one that means you die anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, really quick, I do want to make mention of Slade's son. But before we get into that conversation, is there any way we can pull up the chat? I invited everybody to come talk. I want to at least be able to see all the names going by so I can say hello, hi, and what are you doing? But going back into Slade's son, did we have a mention? Because it's been so many seasons ago. Two points. One, was he still on the Mirakuru a couple seasons ago when he debuted for like 2.2 seconds I think he was still a bad guy we hit that was in the middle of season 3 because I kind of ran through okay who was last season's villain who was the villain before that what were we dealing with that was in the middle of season three, and that wasn't terribly long after he got the antidote. So okay. it could have taken a dog's age for that to work out of okay. the system. And you can stay angry at people for a good long while. Yeah, even if he was fine, it was a situation where they weren't even going to ask him for help. They just ended up in this situation. And it's like, well, even if you're okay, dude, you killed my mom like a minute ago. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, because yeah, didn't Malcolm, you know, yeah, bring let him go. Yeah, and that you know, that was what I was thinking in that whole scenario. But with season three, I forgive a lot of the stuff because they got screwed by by a movie that will not be mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> but but ready? Let's bring a full circle. This this week we see Oliver essentially put together his own Suicide Squad, yes, which was which true. was lovely. <laughs> we got I was, Boomerang showed up, which I yeah, should have I should have assumed might be happening because right. I, he, was he was on the island. The, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that completely. So did I. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, well, Chase made me a better offer. So did Chase know the prison was there, go down there? Like, yeah. how much time has he spent on this island? And how does he manage to miss Oliver every time Oliver comes back between seasons to spend time on this island? Like, how far back does this Xanatos gambit go? <laughs> well, you know, I was just saying, Seriously. it seemed like, okay, if that was the case and Chase made a better offer, did he pre-break him out. Do you Chase mean, like, beat him pre- to the island. Right. Mm. Pre-break him out, but then fake put him back in so Oliver can break him out and think they're on the same side. Probably. Yeah, and, and he said he talked to Slade, too. Yeah. I'm no. so... But, like, I no. love so much that we bring back Digger Harkness and Digger Harkness betrays them immediately because no. that is exactly what Boomerang <laughs> would do. And I no. also appreciate the idea that maybe he did go to Slade and maybe Slade even... If he didn't tell him what he wanted to hear, I have to assume Slade probably considered it at some oh, yeah. point. He's well, too Slade smart not to. probably told him yes because mm-hmm. they straight up brought, bought the double cross. I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, Zay Talk in chat says it's their first time in chat. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hi, Casket Fan. Hi, Sam hey. Jones. Who else do we got here? Kennedy. I can't see your last name. I'm so sorry. It happened so Kennedy fast. Kennedy Stormy Woods. Renji is here as usual. Hello, Hi, friend. Hi. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Mm-hmm. So great to have so many people in the chat this late or early, depending on what part of the world you're in. Well, and we have the usual gift party from Alicia Perez hey, in the hey. hashtag. We yeah. have Elliot Brum. We have Lucretia, who lives there. Yeah, mostly. And we have Emily hey. Y. Hello, hey. friends. How are y'all doing? <laughs> And I have to say that my favorite line in this entire episode was, I will feed you your eyeballs. That yeah, was that amazing. Was funny. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Next time, next time somebody takes me off, I'm going to say that. Yeah, I loved Nissa in this episode, actually. Her little banter with Malcolm and, like, yeah. I love how she was like, yeah, you're not her type. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The sass, the epic levels of sass between those two. That's why we couldn't have them both on the same show, because the sass would just overwhelm everyone. For sure. That is. I like that we have the explanation between Nissa and Talia and why they had their falling out in terms of this show. And I don't know what was Father's Hand, but obviously one left the other behind, and she's like, well, you know, you left me to deal with Father's Hand. I'm like, well, what did he... You don't leave your sibling in an abusive relationship if you are able to take them with you. I don't know the circumstances of Talia leaving, but it's just like, well, I'm out, and I'm never coming back for you, and I'm never going to talk to you again, and I'm just going to leave you to deal with Dad, even though he didn't want daughters and doesn't really like us, and, you know, instead of mistreating me, he's going to mistreat you instead, because as long as he has someone to mistreat, he's not going to come after me. I'm reading into this a little bit, but, you know do that right and it's a little bit uh, what we talked about lightly last week which is when you have Ra's al Ghul for a father I can't imagine that that's a healthy situation to grow up in it reminded me a little bit of if you guys or if anyone listening has seen like many many people have now either Guardians of the Galaxy movie the Gamora Mm -hmm. Nebula relationship where it is as contentious as it is chiefly because their father was Thanos the Mad Titan and would constantly pit the two of them together in 
incredibly destructive and violent ways. My assumption after last week was that Nissa and Talia in this universe, the relationship would be pretty similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not dad beating up on the older sister because you're the eldest and I'm going to have to marry you off anyway to whomever's going to be my heir, well, if you don't want that, you get out of Dodge and suddenly that burden is thrown onto your younger sister. And it's just... You don't do that to a sibling. Like, I, I can't imagine being in that awful, awful situation with an extremely powerful and abusive parent and then just leaving your sibling there as a replacement for you because they'll have to deal with it. But at least I won't have to. I can leave. And right. it, oh, oh, I was just going to say, as an older sibling myself, the fact that Talia feels no guilt towards this yeah. and that... That was really disturbing to me. I mean, this is not the... This is the evil Talia al Ghul that you see a lot of in the comics that is just, like, pretty well soulless. You're like, damn. Like, even to your little sister? It makes sense that she encouraged the separation of identity and the murdering in all of her. What was I saying? She's like, okay, so now that we've established why you're mad at me, cool. Yeah, I did kind of screw up. But hey, let's, like, fight to the death. Cool? Is that good? Awesome. Um, there was something else I was going to say about her, too, that I was like, mm, a little off. Well, I will say, I don't remember what the initial thought was, but the fight scene between the two women was absolutely fantastic. I knew where I was going with this. So all this talk about, you know, you left, this, that, and the third. And I don't know if there's a little bit of jealousy about the fact that eventually the heir was passed down to her, a female, which was not supposed to be. And she's like, you foolishly gave away the ring of the demon's head. Yeah, I can't imagine that in in a world where Talia gets to call all the shots for herself, I can't imagine that she would not have taken over as Demon's Head oh, yeah. from her oh, father. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. there's got to yeah. be, even if she walked away of her own volition, there has to be some lingering bitterness that, oh, after all of that, you had this opportunity. You you were in charge of the League of Father didn't even like you, and you got to take over in his place, and you threw it away. Well, you left well, Boobah. Nissa was there. You leave, you give up your claim, yep. you give up your proximity. Like, she made her decision. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. D- I'm with you. You can't have the hand and also cut it off of Merlin. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm low, with you, but Talia, Talia's a little, a little crazy. A little, little crazy pants. A little bit of a sociopath. A little bit. A little bit of a sociopath. Which, which again, has always, That's more or less always been the case in almost every version of Talia that I'm... I regret nothing. I, like I just to, start playing my toys. I'm with sorry, With his little hands. Um, <laughs> just yes, the one. But he's been, Talia has always been, uh, almost in spite of herself, in a lot of the the Talia stories that I've read that I think are the strongest. There are There is goodness in her. That's part of why she was able to connect with Bruce Wayne yeah. in the first place. But that streak that nasty vindictive uh, and at times megalomaniacal streak always ends up getting the better of her she's still a villain i mean yeah. cool motive I, still murder so you're playing with the doll i definitely <laughs> want to talk about malcolm <laughs> you know what i don't know why this thought just crossed Hello. my mind right now but i thought if that doll came out in season it's one an action figure excuse <laughs> me <laughs> I don't have dolls. I'm pretty sure if you asked John Barrowman, he'd be like, I have a doll, diva. So anyhow. It's a figurine. action figurine dolly, okay? Did that come out season one? No, this one actually is the newer one. I got this at Comic-Con last year, so yeah. Well, let's just say. I have one with a mask. If if, if it came out in season Mm -hmm. one, let's say there was one, Mm -hmm. what if his hand came off? I'd be like, that's such a spoiler. 
Seen the yeah. last couple of years. Um, that's so funny. I will say, if that's, that's if that is one. the newer figure, they're definitely modeling him after the look from the first couple of years because of his haircut. Well, this is true. Yeah. You can tell. And again, like this week Hair too, like that's it. Hair We're not going to top that tonight. Let's go yeah. home, folks. Um, we we saw again tonight. His hair is getting even more closely cropped, and I it like is. it. It's it a is. very it's another it's another dapper look for John Barrowman in a career. Littered with dapper looks. I know. He I is mean, just one sexy man. Much like an island littered with body parts. As I say, he doesn't have any hair right <laughs> now at the moment. But yes, let's you talk put about it there. That. I will go for it. Yeah. I feel uh, like I've proven that over the past three years of this show. I feel like Malcolm proved himself as the hero that I always thought he could be tonight, guys. Um, uh, my favorite part was, you know... When he's like, yeah, you're just so stubborn, and just pushes her out of the way, yeah. knowing that they all literally could have blown up. But there it was were just so funny. there were moments before he pushes Thea off of that landmine where it almost looks like he's cracking a <clears throat> smile, and maybe that was just like. It's a weird take for Barrowman, but Barrowman is too talented and precise a performer. Mm. I have to assume that was a choice. And I love that Malcolm Merlin, in that moment, he sees what's going on. He knows exactly what he's going to do. And he's just like, I know you hate me, and I know we might all die right now, but, like, I got it's fine. Like, I got it. I'm fine. I'm going to be mm. dad, okay? Ha. And he's, like, almost ready to smile. And I... Ugh, it's like a wonderful little piece of performance that I enjoyed mm. a lot. Look at my daughter. Look at the beautiful woman she grew up yeah. into. Mm gonna die now <laughs> but but of course having said that and yes we we see him take thea's place on this landmine and we see the explosion from a distance but a couple of points one if anybody could make it out of that situation it's malcolm merlin i think it's far more likely that that boomerang didn't make it than merlin <laughs> yeah. didn't i think that's the very heavy implication but we we're making a habit of cutting away from explosions in this episode because you know cool cameras don't look at explosions no right. so <laughs> but but two if it's that age-old television rule, storytelling rule in general. If you don't see a body, they're not dead. Especially right. on a show like this, where even when you do see a body, they're probably going to be back next season from Earth 2. Yeah, or, I mean, there's there's uh, alternate Earths, there's doppelgangers, there is a lot of, you know, time travel. He was on that other show that we love. That's um, just time travel all day, all the time. Yeah. Really quick, Bria, Cascafan, and Sam Jones are all talking about, well, gosh, everybody in the chat mm -hmm. uh, is talking about, you know, Merlin coming back next mm -hmm. season. And this is a uh, spoiler, I guess, but John Behrman was actually recently interviewed and basically alluded to the fact that he's not coming back to the Arrowverse it, at all. And he did a Facebook Live tonight pretty well saying the same thing, that he won't be back next season. But as I say, he says that now, but True. knowing we're going to riot... With no Malcolm, he should pop up somehow. Okay, because I thought I had I had heard this a little <clears throat> while ago, and then I thought I had seen at some point another story that basically said, "All right, everybody, calm down. He's probably going to be back in some capacity." But if he did a chat tonight, you said yeah, yeah. Where he was like, "Nope, sorry, guys." I think uh, peace. I'm well, out. Well, I'll tell you guys why. He went out with a bang. In news and gossip. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. The, or potential reason why, unless he's just mm -hmm. able to juggle things. Very he easily. can. He's the that's magician. That I think that's true. part of that, right? But I would he have uh, to... decided to mind his own business. <laughs> I would have to hope. I'm just gonna just gonna keep keep going. Just keep going right past that. I uh, <laughs> I have to hope though that even if uh, it sounds like maybe, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but it sounds like maybe if there are other projects, if it's a scheduling thing, mm -hmm. hopefully that means 
if not a full-time participant next season, we don't rule out further participation from him because he's too – man, the man is magic. He's too magical to keep out of the box – for the duration of this universe, however long it may last. Well, they need to make more toys because I only have like three. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna yeah. like? How do you like, live with only one Malcolm Merlin action exactly. figure? How are you? How are you even doing it? How do you I get have three? Well, you have three. Yeah, that's the, how, I was wondering pop, like how you would even one with mask. You know, I bought all of them. I was gonna say like yeah. how do you even get out of bed with one? But like you it's, got three, so it we got it. Yeah. She sleeps with them surrounding her pillow. Everywhere she looks, there's Merlin. There's one hanging from the ceiling like this far from her face. You guys have been to my house, so you know the Yeah, stories. I know. I am aware. Everywhere. I'm pretty sure your cat is terrified. Yeah. She's special. Well, you know, so, actually, yeah, Woodblock 707, if I'm reading that correctly, says that, um, you know, Slade Manny Bennett said that he wasn't coming back. He did say he, pretty definitively at no. one point, right? He was like, never again. Mm. Although... That be, was like three years ago. I feel yeah. like that had something to do the with Suicide Squad, and if not oh. Suicide Squad specifically, with the same general mandate that there are certain characters that we are now taking off the table for these shows. But clearly, Which is stupid because the shows are doing a hell of a lot better than the movies are. You said it, I did not. But um, the the mandate I get seems to have been. Every time I say it, I'm not scared. <laughs> the mandate seems to have been walked. Back to such an extent that not only are we seeing, even if even if only in uh, flashbacks or dream sequences, uh, the appearances of characters that have been explicitly killed. We saw Amanda Amanda Waller in certain sequences. We saw Floyd Lawton make a return appearance, even though they had been killed off. We now see Deathstroke return to the fold. We even saw, like, to me, we the saw biggest Moira tonight. We saw yeah, Moira. That hurt me. But to me, this season on Supergirl, they allowed them to use Superman as a character, not for the entire season, for a handful of episodes. But in a world where, okay, we're now loosening the reins to such an extent that one of our top tier characters, one of the most iconic characters in fiction, we're not going to keep exclusive to the movies. That, to me, and maybe it's wishful thinking, is an indicator that we're backing off a little bit and we're going to let you guys play with a few more of these toys. And of course, now we see Deathstroke back, which is great. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that asshole named Evelyn because she pissed me off a lot. Forgive my Japanese. It all came out at once, but she really made me angry because we got two and, and uh, wow, the hashtag. Alicia Perez. Oh, Evelyn. She's dead now. Please say she's dead. Sucks to be you, Evelyn. And I really and appreciate Carlos. the supernatural gift, although I'm oh, a Dean yeah. girl, so remember that next time. And Carlos. So there's no need to come back for Evelyn. And then like <laughs> right. five smiley faces. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Bless I mean, you guys. We love first you. First of all, this heifer. Okay, she's put in the cage. Obviously, she thinks she's all bad, right? Because she's with Talia, and they got Oliver in this compromising position, and Boomerang just confessed that he's on their side, and they think that Slade's on their side. La, la, la. Boo, you're in a cage now. Okay, awesome. But the fact that Oliver's sitting here saying, I'll come back for you, A. B, I could have killed you, but I'm not. And each and every time her comeback was basically, you're going to be dead, you're going to die, no reason, you're going to be gone. I just want to, you're like a little bratty teenager. I just want to... Mm. I feel like mm. that's all she has left to hide behind because either either leaving her behind was part of the plan and she fully believes they'll come back and they won't or she straight up knows 
They abandoned me. Oh. <laughs> I'll double down. They'll be back. They'll be back. I'm part of the plan. I'm important. Jonathan yeah. Dimming oh, has the best thing to say. Evelyn deserves the fridge. Hashtag troper. And if you don't know what the fridge is, it is a big uh, comic book trope where they like to put women in the oh. fridge to kill them oh, a lot. They, they so, sh- yeah, yeah, it's basically... Gail Simone has a whole book on it. It's basically killing a woman in order for a man to feel pain. And it came from, I want to say, Green Lantern and Kyle Rayner's girlfriend. Is that was, where it's from? Yeah, yeah. that was I, the initial I, I'm one. I'm very familiar yeah. with I've the term, that, but I didn't I've know the read, origin of it. Yeah, I've read that issue. I remember reading that when I was younger and being like, well, that was unnecessary. And they killed her and literally shoved her into the fridge for him to find when he got home. And it was only to make him sad and cause pain. And that happens a lot to women in various franchises. Like the TV tropes page for this will crash your computer if you try to read it. It's so big. So it's an issue. And I really hate to say that someone deserves the fridge. Like, does Evelyn deserve to be around more? I'd be down for getting rid of her character. But fridging someone is specifically to cause another character pain. Like, you died so that that person will feel sad. And usually it's, the girlfriend's not as important. He can always get another girlfriend, whatever. But for now, he needs to feel sad. And that's what Women in Fridges is. And it's pervasive and toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Seb I Ross. Have opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Seb Ross mentioned that you know it's hard to fridge a character that no one cares about, and yeah, <laughs> it is sad. But like, I'm not seeing any positive comments about no. Evelyn, which is frustrating because Artemis is kind of a cool character in the comics and in a lot of cartoons, like Young Justice. Yeah. And it was sort of shitty how they treated her character in this, making her just completely evil, and where we all wanted her to die. But I will say, I would oh say to that. God. Oh, what happened? Oh, Ken from Chicago says uh, women in the fridge is from two of Kyle Rayner's girlfriends being killed and stopped in refrigerators. Because one wasn't enough. Oh, my God. I I will say. People wonder why comics is a failing industry. (laughs) Oh, that made me really sad. Um, But uh, outdated business practices, mostly. But but, okay, so. uh, (laughs) So, uh, in a world where we had a version of Black Canary on this show that. There were ups and downs, but didn't work for a lot of people. And now it seems like we are course correcting with a version of Black Canary that I think is a lot more in line with what people seem to say they wanted. I think there is still room for if you want to do a version of Artemis down the line that isn't necessarily Evelyn, but does uh, honor the version of the character more people are familiar with. I think there's definitely still room to do that. And I also appreciate, even though, yes, I think there are a lot of things that some of these characters might even be justified in in doing to Evelyn at this point, including leaving her to die. I appreciate that where Oliver is in this journey, if he's not going to kill Adrian Chase, of all people, the man who kidnapped and threatened to murder his son, I appreciate that his intention is also not to kill Evelyn. I do believe that if things had shaken out differently, he would have come back. Yeah, he was genuine. He would have come back for all of them. Absolutely. And I I appreciated that element of it. Yeah, it would have been nice, considering she was part of the team, to have seen that betrayal be a, a bigger a bigger element in the story of the back half of the season, but uh, there were... Yeah, she disappeared. She did, though, but she betrayed over and over again. But I would have liked to see... Yes, yes, but it seems like she popped up every so often to do something 
deceptive and then disappeared from the narrative again completely. I would have really liked to see more from her point of view, what what motivated her to betray the team, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, and again, there's still room for that. I, I don't assume that everyone on that island is now gone from the show. So we may still get a version of that maybe next year, maybe even later, depending on how long the show runs. But I there's so many moving parts this season and in this episode especially that I don't begrudge them for not putting more focus on the Evelyn of it all when so much else is happening. Well, and I think that part of her not being in the back half very much is another contract thing. Like, the renegotiation of contracts for this season really shook things up in terms of every contract that wasn't Stephen Amell's. Sure. And so that's why we have a lot of characters who are only in for eight or nine or ten episodes who are regulars but don't come in for the full season. Like, right. there's... There's actual behind-the-scenes reasons for that, and it does affect the story, and unfortunately for Evelyn, it affected it in a very negative fashion. We could have used more of her. We could have used a little more explanation, a little more insight, and just, we didn't get it. But and we that's did, life. I would say we did finally get to see Renee and Dinah, because they've been gone for so long, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Billie Jean Girl that was tweeting me, and she was just saying, do you think that they're dead? It could have been somebody else if it wasn't you. I'm sorry. But I remember them saying, you know, I haven't seen Renee and I haven't seen him in any of the previews for the season finale. What if he's gone? And I never really thought that he was officially gone. It was nice to see the team reunited again. And I actually really like him. Skip ahead just a little bit. But when you have the two canaries against each other... And it was oh that gave us that gave us my single favorite oh, yeah. moment oh. of this entire episode. Lance. And then yeah, both fell apart. It wasn't it wasn't that. Oh, although I, I was that. glad I I was, was glad and that they apparently were both different frequencies. Yes, I appreciated that a lot. I was gonna say I was I was glad that that uh, there was a moment where I was like as meticulous as Chase has been this entire time. They really didn't pat him down and find that thing. But okay, I'm not mad because not only did we get this wonderful fight between the two of them. My single favorite moment of tonight, and certainly the back half of this season, maybe the entire season, was Lance uh, Quentin knocking out Black Siren and saying, "No, that had to happen for a number of reasons." Yeah, that I like. I got I straight up got out my chair and was just like, "Yes, Quentin." <laughs> yeah, I, I love Lance, and in this episode, he was pretty well my favorite character. I have to say because it was just a few moments, but every moment he killed it because oh, yeah. he would. You expected him to be affected first seeing her the last episode. But then this, he's like, screw this bitch. I mean, makes a little jib about Big yeah. Belly Burger. And then, yeah, when he hit her with the pipe and, and then uh, established Dinah as Black Canary, it was like... Yes. And he yes. gives, her, he gives yes. her the name. Yes. And in a moment where we have to move quickly, we're in the back half of the episode... We haven't even talked about the fact that it blew my mind. Chase doesn't even show up till halfway through this thing. We've, it felt like a boss run at the end of a video game. This, Hit right. this fight, move on. Hit this fight, move on. Hit this fight, move on. Location, location, location. New bad guy, new bad guy, new bad guy. Drama, and we lose a member of the party, but you keep going. It It's not a bad thing, but it really felt like a boss run in we, the we last had to half do, Final yeah, Fantasy. We had to do a lot of stuff pretty quick, so I... I'm certainly not mad that we didn't make a bigger moment of Quentin giving her the title of Black Canary. I love, I love that it was there. Because even though, yes, we did move on pretty quickly, I'm still thinking about that, those couple of moments from Quentin, maybe more so than I'm thinking about any other part of this episode. I'm so very, very happy those were there because we 
continue to Quentin is a character that has been a, a powerful powerful supporting player mm-hmm. this entire series mm-hmm. and sometimes we give him a lot of focus and sometimes we don't I feel like this season especially he's he's been there but every time it seems like we're bringing him into the fold in a bigger way very quickly we move away from it but I'm very glad that we're still building his character and we're still arcing him in the background while we're spinning all these other plates and Paul Blackthorne just continues to kill He's amazing. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do I have wanna... five minutes of screen time. I am going to make every second of that yeah. gold. I, I want to get back to the fight scene because I think everything was very fairly paired up and it was cool to see the matchings that they made. In, uh, there were so many fantastic fight scenes. But, and that no. one they did where they're going through everybody yes. doing their yes. fights. Renee punching yes. a ninja made me so happy. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just that moment of, yes! Do that one more time. Yes, <laughs> I love Renee. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so what I want to say is going back to Slade a little bit because at the end of this fight scene we have the speech with Oliver and Chase, and the fact that the one person to give Oliver the speech about stop blaming yourself is his former arch enemy, and he actually listens to him. How many other people, whether it be Felicity, Diggle, whomever, quit blaming yourself, quit blaming yourself. It takes Slade Wilson to sit there and say, yo, like you're not that far off from where I am. I get it. I've known you for a lot longer than these people have known you, and I know everything has to do with your dad, so just stop. What's scary it's- is you see in that moment... If you, if you haven't seen it before, you definitely see it in that scene where Slade, as uncomfortable as, as it is, may have more in common with Oliver than anyone else on that island. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's also, I've known these people for years. They're my best friends. And then you kind of get that, they're my friends. They're supposed to try to make me feel better. That's what they're trying to do. And then you get it from someone who's like, I wouldn't be teaming up with you if I, if I didn't have to. Like, we don't like each other. There's horrible blood between us. By the way, this and you're more likely to take it straight because, oh, he's not worried about making me feel bad. He's That's not true. worried about, like, bolstering my self-esteem. He's just kind of laying it out and hitting me in the face with it. Right. And sometimes you need that. Right. Well, either way, it was a great moment, and I like that at that moment there was this shift in Oliver's attitude. So no matter what Chase was doing to try to push his buttons, because he's constantly trying so hard to get into Oliver's head, so he's, like, pulling everything out of his ass if you will and he keeps saying you know I have your son your son's dead do it kill me blah 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 it's you it's you be that man I'm like you I will be that man upside your head how about that (laughs) (laughs) it's just it was some straight up ghost face scenery chewing and I really appreciated it because you could just see him kind of (laughs) I am going to since presumably uh, uh, if, if you haven't guys if you're listening to this after show and you haven't watched the episode yet that's weird. More power to you. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Spoilers. Uh, at the end of this episode, as part of his his long game, uh, Chase presumably blows his head off on that boat. I am gonna miss Josh Cigar next season. Me too. I'm like, again, time travel, doppelgangers from other Earths. We gotta get him back on the show because even Stephen Amell's like in love with him like I am. He, you know, <laughs> he, he carries around a, a stick with his face on it too. I'm like, you know, I thought I was the only one. And maybe it is just yeah. because Malcolm this you. season was busy on Legends of Tomorrow rewriting reality with the Legion of Doom, but especially in a world where maybe we're not getting more John Barrowman next season, I feel like Arrow benefits from somebody who can bring that 
type of arch villainy. I feel like we don't necessarily need it every single episode. I appreciate that in a world where they're sharing a universe with The Flash and The Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, that relatively speaking, we do keep Arrow a little more grounded. But I miss that little bit of mustache-twirling villainy every so often. If we're not going to have Malcolm... It was great that we had so much of that from Adrian Chase, especially in the back half of the season. If neither of them are around next year, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I know. I'm we're really going to have upset. to key up Vigilante. Yo, that's true. We, have a, we, we yeah. are apparently resolving that next year. We didn't resolve it didn't resolve it this year. And I'll save my Vigilante predictions for predictions, because okay. I just thought of a good idea that they could have. I'm very glad that they yeah. didn't resolve that this year, because we already had a ton of moving pieces. We didn't need more. Well, I say the one thing about Chase. So I will be honest and say that he. It ticked me off that he was constantly one step ahead, and I get it. He's a villain, but at some point, like he didn't trip up at all. And the thing about this villain versus someone like a Damian Dark, while he was genius, he had the benefit of having powers. This guy was legit human and just psychotic hot. and constant. <laughs> He's just so pretty. I can't. So Ugh. too pretty um, to be fallible. We yeah. are being rushed out, unfortunately, on the season finale until we have five minutes left. Uh, but. We'll just wrap and saying because I got news and gossip and we have predictions. But um, that last moment, I was, I, my mind was blown when they took the ultimatum and they raised the stakes so high to be like, son or all of your friends. And there was just no winning. I was like, wow. It that brought, was super dark. Yeah. And it brought everything full circle because yeah. not only do we get to finally, our flashbacks <clears throat> are now fully caught up. We Which have, we didn't even get to talk about. But, but to be fair... Yeah. Not a whole lot of ground actually covered. It was his final confrontation with Konstantin Kovar, and he ultimately prevails. Uh, R.I.P. Konstantin Kovar. And it was yeah. super 80s action movie, oh, also yeah. starring Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so now we're full circle with the flashbacks. He's coming home. He talked to Moira, which is where we saw her. But then we come full circle in an even more profound sense. We literally obliterate the island, and we find, we find a queen and his son on a boat. It, nice. It, it, it is yeah. actually very wonderful how, after five years, they managed to tie all of these things up. Now, of course, I don't believe we killed our entire supporting yeah, cast yeah, just yeah. now. Someone in chat, and it was like 25 minutes ago, so there's no way I'm going to find it, uh, made a comment about R.I.P. and you. You were a character all on your own. Very true. Oh, yeah. Very, very yeah. true. Absolutely. So, oh, sorry. Oh, but no, it was go for it. No, <laughs> go, go, no, do it. Gotta go into news and gossip. And this is just for my ladies, not for my gentlemen. But you know, generally I'm not into like hairy dudes, but at the very end, when Oliver threw on the wig and the beard and had everything pieced together, by the time he got to the boat and he was swinging like a monkey from here to there, I was like, you look really sick. Yeah, Anatoly does good wig work. To put on a full on cosplay, what the hell? No, Anatoly does great wig work. They look perfect, they're sexy. So much better. Easily applicable. You just put it right on your face. That's good. I'm telling you, there's a whole. Next year, we're going to get a new CWDC show, and it's all about Anatoly dressing people up, making face wigs and beards. He's Wendy Williams' new wig guy. I would watch an Anatoly show that's just all about the Bratva. That, and like we were talking about before we got on mic, the new CWDC series, They're All Dead. Which is about all of the characters that died on the AU <laughs> tonight in the bombing in purgatory for years and years and years. It's like DC's on lost. an island. Let's get to news. Plane crash. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get yeah. kicked off. Mm. Mm.
All right, so going to my news. Are we doing pictures first? Are we doing videos first? We're about to find out. It's magic that goes on in the engineering booth. I have no idea. Even we don't know how the sausage is made, kids. Why don't yeah. you just tell me? Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. I'm getting sass from the booth. Let's start with the pictures. When do you not get sass from the booth? Let's start with the pictures, guys. Uh, I'm ready for that, huh? What? <laughs> what? Lex is well, dead. R.I.P. Lex. I could just mute you all and we could go home early. Hey, oh, no, I love my while, pictures up, gosh, while doggy. we're queuing up pictures, mm-hmm. are Wait, we queuing up? I was going to take a minute to no. talk about iTunes, but it looks like pictures no. are ready, so Let's go find them. All right. First and foremost, coming up in three, two, one. This is Stephen Amell when he's been drinking, guys. I just brought that up just as a reminder. <laughs> knocking point. Check that out over the season break. Of course, always supporting our actors and their other things that they I do. I subscribe, guys. You should, too. This is that Paramount as Captain Jack? Yeah. It is because mm-hmm. the show is coming back. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. It's Torchwood being is... revived. Yeah. So Whoa, this is my I missed this. Theory. This is news How for Lex. How the hell? <laughs> it's been, been a long couple of days. I have a series no, with I his mean, sister. Like, Children of Earth yeah. was a thing? That occurred? Devastating. And so, I don't know how they're going to bring back oh. Torchwood, because that was... Woo-hoo. Well, he's well, been writing a continuation comic with his sister. That's yes, that's, that I yeah. did know. Yeah. I had no idea they're bringing Torchwood oh. back. That's exciting so to me. maybe that's why he's busy. Anyways, I'm being rushed along. Clearly, next picture is up. Charlie Hunnam wants to play Green Arrow in future DC comic movie. A, a not going to happen. B, that was a little bit of an exaggeration. I just had to show it anyways. But basically, Charlie Hunnam knows absolutely nothing about DC comics. He admitted that, and he says he doesn't. He hadn't even heard of Arrow. Well, you know when what? That hasn't I, stopped J.J. Hey. Abrams from doing two, three Star Trek movies movies he clearly hey. likes star wars a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> well um i'm actually probably the one who started that rumor because i kept saying charlie hunnam should play oliver queen he would be perfect in the movies because i love charlie hunnam and i could read some comic books to him if he'd like i like hunnam um, i down. think you slap a goatee on him was, i think he looks right and i, I think started that a while back. i'd like to see hunnam get mm. get a property i think he's actually a very talented actor and he keeps ending up with these properties that don't necessarily give him an opportunity check out lost city of z Everybody listening, check out Lost City of Z. He is very, very, very good in that movie. Very recent, so maybe wait a couple of months, it'll be on demand. Check it out. I would love to see Hunnam in a big property that befits his abilities. Yeah, it's not like he can't do his research. Well, yeah. I, look, I would too, but at the same time, on, I, on a fairness note, I just feel like... Stephen Amell has dedicated so much of his time to becoming this character, mm-hmm. getting to know this character inside and out, every single scar, every single wound. It only makes sense. It would be such an insult to not allow him the opportunity. Now, if he turned it down, cool. But come on, man. I would love to see. I would love to see at some point they do a crisis type event that somehow allows them to tie the TV to the movies because they keep saying over and over it's never going to overlap. But in a world, especially where it seems like there have been a lot of starts and stops trying to get this Flash movie off the ground. Mm. No disrespect to Ezra Miller, who I think is a phenomenal actor, and I think will probably do a very great job when we see him in Justice League. God, you're, if you're having a hard time cracking the Flash movie, maybe look at how for three years you've been killing it with that character and that mythology on television. Why not give some of these people who are doing they're doing the Lord's work? Why don't you give them the opportunity to do it on an even bigger stage? I, yes. I do agree. Yes. Okay, we got to get to this before we get cut. So Katrina Law is also a singer, for those of you who did not know, and she has a beautiful voice. This is her website. Check it out. You can go to her website, and then Soundboard Fiction, I believe is the name of her band. Let's take a listen to one of her songs. It'll just take a moment to get into the actual singing part. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, when she starts singing, it's like, wow. And we can let it play while we do it. Oh, yeah, we could like, yeah. like do our... And it's very somber. It's the end of the season. Yeah. Everyone might be dead. Okay, yeah, let's predict yeah. it as she sings. <clears throat> but t- check out her website. Download her music. It's crazy. Okay. Well, um, my vigilante prediction is... Um, now, I got this storyline from a soap opera. Not super original. But the real Adrian Chase is also played by Josh Segarra. And he is vigilante. And that this guy was actually just masquerading as him, as the DA. That's why nobody thought anything weird. Because they're like, who's this guy? And then, so, evil twin, Prometheus... Real Adrian Chase, still Josh Vigilante. If it keeps him on the show, oh I won't be mad at all. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible. I don't know I how to explain awesome. it, but it would be amazing. Katie, uh, predictions. Good lord, I am actually really down for the going down to the prison cell to survive. I also think if we're going to go complete ridiculous comic book, they pushed the non-working plane out to sea and then used the canary cry to push it out further, kind of like motorboat <laughs> style. So they all survived because they're smart and can think on their feet. Like, that's kind of what I want to have happened because it's so ridiculous and comic booky, but it works. And it's a good way to move something very quickly through the water. I predict that in the first episode, it will be just an Oliver and Son episode just to leave us guessing and wondering up until the very end of the episode how they actually got off the island. I'm going to say swimming. But at the same time, (laughs) I'm going to just predict a goofy... Oh, yeah, I have a video. Dang it, this is a good one. I have a goofy prediction that... Ooh, I spit on this. That's sexy. I have a goofy prediction that... uh... (laughs) Shut your face right (laughs) now. I didn't say anything! Doesn't matter. I have a goof. What is Bless my goofy you. prediction? Dang it. Oh, that m- mom dies and that Oliver now has custody of his child, and then he and Felicity are just going to have to work it out because. See, that is yeah, putting I think a woman that in the fridge. That happen, yeah. Well, I'm not fridging her on purpose. Let's watch John Barrow. He's <laughs> She's a like, I'm not <laughs> Oh, he's still, so sexy. It's still putting her in the fridge, though. Um, no. I mean, what? So I just wanted to, because I love him so much, and I think that's fantastic advice. Not, you know, 
That's all. Mm. I didn't give you a chance to predict. No, I, I'm not really sure, just because <laughs> I, I think now Arrow in both of our timelines that we cover on the show has come full circle in a lot of ways. I think we've completed a five-year cycle. I think, especially in a world where this was the backbone that this entire, this now massive DC universe on TV was built out of, I think now is a great time to reinvent. We'll see what, what device takes the place of the flashbacks. We'll see if it's flashbacks for another character, flash forwards, maybe a different POV on things we've already seen. Maybe no device at all takes its place and we just push on. But I'm very excited to see where it goes. The fact that the DC universe on television is this big and the possibilities feel so limitless and increasingly so, the more toys it seems like they're allowed to play with. I am so excited to see where all of these shows go, including Arrow. I'm going to hold hold the Malcolm doll (laughs) now. So uh, I guess we're running out of time. I don't mean to end our show so bluntly, but apparently I have to, so I do apologize. But for those of you who've joined us all season long, or you just joined the gang, (laughs) Malcolm is shaking Malcolm Doll appreciates it. We appreciate it so much. We've had so much fun with you guys in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Continue to tweet at us as the season ends or find us on all our social medias. I'm Ali Kona Bradford at Boys and Beauty 01 on Twitter. If you want to see me on the Insta, it's yours truly, Ali Kona with underscores in between. I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. If you're a fan of DC on the CW on ABTV, well, it's going to be a long several months, but we will be back next season to cover all these wonderful shows. And until then, uh, I am talking about Fargo every Thursday. And also, guys, that gum we all like is back in style. Twin Peaks is back on the airwaves, and we are talking about it every Sunday night here on ABTV. Please join us. We love you, and oh boy, am I excited about this one. Mwah. Special thanks to our guests. Go. Hey, hey guys, I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Uh, you can follow Tari Miller at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. I Why? believe across many of the social media. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, you have to do it back. And I am Katie Cullen. You can find me <laughs> all over the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I still have shows running on Monday and Tuesday. And June 1st, we have our once-monthly shows of Red vs. Blue and Steven Universe. Also, catch me Fridays on Gather Your Party on Geek and Sundry. It's a good time. And we're going to get Thank together. Thank you to everyone who is reviewed on iTunes. We love you all. I'm so sorry. We're going to get together in the center. We're going to face you guys, and all of us are going to bend, bid you a view. A, we're going to say goodbye for the next few That's all, folks. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. They're all dead. This fall on the CW. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.